Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Stewart, and today's show number eight already. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's been listening out there. We're getting some great feedback from all the different topics. Everyone's loving each of them for completely different reasons, and I really, really love bringing them to you. So whether it's been the the poop podcast, the ethical fashion, pesticides, uh, what else have we talked about so far, deficiencies. It's really all of those incredible things that make up a low-tox life, which is living our best lives, not just for ourselves, but for the planet as well. So that's why it always covers both health and sustainability uh, and inspiring people from within both of those uh, fields. So today I'm bringing you a great chat with a uh, a guy I've actually only recently just met, but has since have since uncovered just how much of an awesome nerd he is on the topic of sleep and the the role that blue light plays in um, our ability to possibly not get as good a, a sleep as we can. And we talk about some hilarious lengths that he has gone to to both test and analyze what brings the best quality sleep you can get. And Alex Fergus is just a wonderful down-to-earth uh, dude who has incredible knowledge around uh, sleep and us getting our best night's sleep possible. So it is loaded with not just uh, personal anecdotes of his crazy experiments, uh, such as actually disabling the lights from within his fridge, uh, just to give you a little example, um, but also uh, some really practical tips that we can take away from the end of today's show to feel like we can get a better night's sleep because when we sleep well, everything happens well. Now, uh, cheeky segue here into me mentioning again, because we're still in the month of August and you still have time to capitalize on this month's partner offer is all about bedding. So, uh, perfect that today's show is all about sleep and attitude is a gorgeous organic bamboo lyocell brand. And if you were listening to the last show, uh, with Dr. Leila Masson, all about common deficiencies and what we can do, then you've already heard me talk all about this gorgeous brand. It ticks every one of my has to pass the test to be mentioned or worked with uh, boxes, which is no harsh chemicals, no toxic dyes, fair trade. And it has the GOTS certification, which is one of my favorite peace of mind certifications in organic textiles because it ensures fairness and sustainability right from the farm all the way through to factory and shipping. So it's a super innovative um, fabric. They reuse water up to 200 times in what they call a closed loop system to really drastically reduce the amount of water used in textile production, which is crazy, crazy high in so, so many instances and one of the huge problems around how much we do produce in textiles. And uh, and we've got 10% off. So given we spend a third of our lives in bed, I think we should treat ourselves to really great bed sheets and covers and you've got another few days to make the most of this 10% off so we have a special link you have to go through this link to get that 10% off it's www.etitude.com.au forward slash lowtox life and I've got that link in the show notes or you can type it right into your browser now etitude is spelled e-double-t-i-t-u-d-e dot com dot a-u forward slash lowtox life and then 
then once you're in there, our discount code is sleep better, all one word, lowercase. And if you're not sleeping better by the end of this show and implementing a couple of the great things that Alex shares with us to do with sleep, then I'm afraid I can't help you and I can always help everybody. So it's really all about uh, practical, fantastic changes. And if we're sleeping on gorgeous luxury bedding and we're armed with all the brilliant uh, ways that we can ensure we get a better night's sleep, and don't worry, it's not about having to kiss all your technology goodbye. There's practical uh, tips around that as well to minimise our blue light exposure. So without further ado, I'm going to hook right into this brilliant chat with Alex Fergus. Enjoy. And here is Alex Fergus. Hello. Hey, Alex. How are you? I'm really, really good. Thank you so much for joining us for this wonderful little look at sleep we're going to have today. That's my pleasure. Thank you for uh, inviting me on. And I feel so naughty because last night I went to bed at one in the morning. I was working up late and I didn't even have my blue blockers on. And I thought when I woke up this morning, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so ashamed and I'm interviewing Alex today. So, did, you, um, did you get a sleep in at least? I did get a sleep in. My little man is an incredibly independent man and I woke up and he had... I woke up actually to the exact words, Mum, I've made a pumpkin, apple and celery ice cream with celery garnish. <laughs> it's just it's, like... That's pretty impressive. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he really, really had. It was just, you know, oh, wow. with the little um, multi-cook appliance and yeah. amazing. So um, so it was a nice way to wake up and it was 8 a.m. So I still managed to get my seven hours, seven which hours. is the main thing. Good, good. I'll, I'll let you off then. That's okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So the reason I have you here, is obviously because you are a complete sleep nerd, but there are quite a few pieces to your um, career and personal puzzle. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we hook into today's topic. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was born and raised in New Zealand. Uh, I've always been into fitness, com- competition, and you know, just being healthy, I guess. And uh, moved over to Sydney six, seven years ago um, for a corporate job and hated it so I quit and then ended up in a gym just working as a receptionist and then sort of worked my way up and uh, you know I've I've been a personal trainer, I've been a gym manager and now I do a lot of blogging, health coaching online and in person and um, just constantly looking at ways to improve myself and in turn improve my clients and yeah, I got a few little side projects on the, on the go, um, businesses, but everything's kind of under that health and, and wellness umbrella because that's obviously a passion that, um, yeah, I'm sort of chasing. So, Yeah, awesome. And um, I think you do yourself a disservice because you're super good at what you do and you really are, uh, focus on training extremely successful people to start becoming a little bit more successful in their own personal healthy lives if you like don't you yeah thanks for the compliment it's Um, true (laughs) um yeah i I don't know i think it's it's applicable to anyone though you know if you focus your time and energy and resources on something that interests you um no doubt 
10 years down the track, you're, you're going to be above average or you're going to be a bit of a expert at that, whatever Absolutely. that may be. It's so 10,000 hour theory. Yeah, mm. right. So um, all I'm doing is, you know, uh, I'm sure I've got a degree and stuff, but I'm no doctor or an or anything crazy like that, but I'm just distilling all this, all the books I'm reading, and and fortunate enough to be in a position where I can pass it on to others and make a living out of it. Brilliant. So today you're passing on to us a whole bunch of advice around sleep, mm-hmm. and um, specifically around blue light and how this is affecting us. But firstly, at what point did you personally start to become, shall we say, a little more than interested because you're a bit of a nerd on this, and I mean that in the loveliest possible way. (laughs) How did you focus in on sleep and go, whoa, this is big? Were you like a terrible insomniac? Like what was it for you that got you down the road of researching this? Yeah, I I never suffered from insomnia, thank God. Um, But I did have my sleep issues and it was kind of funny. It was I'm 28, nearly 29, and I think when I was 23, 24, like a hard-charging athlete doing all these sports and, you know, it was go, 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 and I wanted to be the best. And I was taking supplements and training hard and following all these, you know, advanced training programs and doing whatever I, whatever I could to be as best as, I, you know, as possible in the field. But I was probably only sleeping four or five hours a night. And I look back and I think, you know, I could have went so much further um, if I had adequate sleep. But not only that, I then ended up quite sick, um, just burnt out, uh, overtrained, quite serious. You know, like I got a bunch of labs done and my numbers were, you know, shocking. (laughs) Rock bottom cortisol, estrogen levels through the roof and Really? Estrogen through the roof. What do you attribute that to? I mean, it was a combination of things. The training was a big, big part. Uh, I used to, I used to do a lot of rowing, which was anything from eight to 12 sessions a week, which is just insane. Um, And then I got into powerlifting and that was three hour sessions, you know, multiple times a week. Um, and then eventually natural bodybuilding, which training, you know, you just train all the time and you just, you just ruin your body. Like I was always natural and not focused on health, but you, you're not really focused on health. It's more performance. And, uh, I just think I just pushed far too hard and then the body literally just gave up. Like, I mean, people talk about adrenal fatigue and whatnot. So it was around that time when I realized, uh, I realized something was wrong. Like I was 25 and, um, had just won a national bodybuilding comp and like had the photos and everything, but I felt horrible and I thought it was just the competition, but like two, three months later, nothing changed. And, you know, I'm talking things like no libido, couldn't do more than two or three hours of work without having to literally stop. Um, all I wanted to do was rest and I used to joke about having going on a sleeping holiday and <laughs> to sleep. So it was around that time when I got like literally got a wake up call um, from the from the labs I was looking at that something needed to change. And uh, yeah, I decided, all right, well, let's start with the sleep because at the time I was a personal trainer, you know, you work till eight, nine o'clock, you get home, you, you mess around at home, you make your meals, whatnot. Then you're getting up at four to go to the gym at five and you're just doing that all the time. It's and, not um, rocket science, is it? Yeah, it's not right? going to work for long. And what I find really interesting, what you just said before about the symptoms that prevailed for you to make you think, gosh, I've got to do something, you can extrapolate those symptoms over any type of person who is 
uh, working or pushed to an abnormal level within their own lives, whether that be a new parent, whether that be a super hardworking executive, um, uh, uh, whether it be an HSC student who's mega stressed about exams, the you know all of those symptoms are common no matter how you're overexerting yourself. So if anyone glazed over on the bodybuilder thing, which by the way I may ask for a photo. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, please don't think that this chat is only about people in the exercise industry because exactly what you just said, Alex, it's it's affecting us all to push too hard and it's affecting us all in those same ways. Yeah, I um, 100% agree. Like my typical client is a middle-aged corporate worker, you know, and the, a lot of them aren't training at all, right? But they're still overstressed and, you know, the body doesn't differentiate between stress in regards to training or running late to a meeting or emotional stress, you know, at the end of the day, it's all stress on the body and lack of sleep is another one. So yeah, you're 100% correct. Mm. Now, one of the hacks that you embarked upon to sort your sleep out and to start making sleep a priority was when you discovered that uh, blue light obviously affected your awakeness in in the night and what you did um, w- with your partner if I'm right in remembering was you had a zero tech no electric light screens etc for six weeks so I want to I want to learn why you felt you needed to go so drastically first um, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said I was a bit of a nerd. So <laughs> I think I think that was the why. It was learning about something and then you know thinking, oh, what, how can I do that? What, what can I do about that? And um, yeah, I, d- I decided, you know what? Like my girlfriend at the time, this was actually done last year. My girlfriend at the time didn't have the greatest sleep. I'd fix mine. I was sleeping like a baby every night, and you know, I was like, oh, you've got to do all these things. And um, I realized light was so important and and fixing one sleep, um, which we can talk about, you know, soon. But yeah, I was like, look, let's do this properly. Let's let's cuddle light at night and get more light in the morning, and uh, just try switch off. And um, yeah, we come up with that idea to go six weeks where we just cut all technology. So I'm talking no cell phones, no TV, obviously no laptops, but no light bulbs. Um, no, we took the light bulbs out of our fridge, out of our oven. Out of the um, fridge? Yeah, out of the fridge. We still haven't put them back in, but by the way, and it, it, it's, yeah, it's probably sure they can be annoying. But yeah, like literally no technology. I mean, look, we kept the fridge going um, and things like that. Like, I'm really I didn't glad go, you did for your yeah, own food safety reasons. <laughs> I, I didn't go all caveman. But we, we, and, uh, we use um, candles. I guess some people would say, well, that's technology. But, you know, we didn't go to bed as soon as... Uh, the seven seven thirty cutoff came. We just had candles, and um, yeah, it was a really interesting experiment. Obviously, the first week or two, like we were going to bed a lot earlier and improve sleep. And it's funny, we didn't even have an analog clock, so we had no way to tell what the time was. You know, there was once the phones were off and the computer was off, we had no idea what the time was. None, neither of us had um, watches, so that was kind of funny. People were asking what time we went to bed, and I was like, I, I actually don't know. Um, but yeah, so obviously our sleep improved, and then. As the weeks went on, like you, I found we changed as a couple. I mean, I've been with her, been with Rebecca for four years, and um, you know we've been living together for a couple of years, and all of a sudden we were going back to having these deep and meaningful conversations every night, and just spend a lot more quality time. You know, there's no distraction, there's no 
uh, alert from the phone, you know, um, if someone gets up to go to the bathroom, you don't just straight away like check your cell phone to see what's happening on Facebook. Like, there was no distraction. So, yeah, I mean, we just talked and I actually ended up doing a lot of thinking, um, which sounds crazy, but some nights she'd go to bed and read by candlelight and I'd just have a pen and paper and jot down ideas for, you know, an hour or so. And um, it was just like that clarity and and free of distractions. And uh, yeah, it, it definitely strengthened our relationship, uh, definitely improved our sleep. But it gave me like a, I don't know, like an insight of, you know, we are so connected and so distracted um, and that it probably doesn't hurt to just switch off now and then. Yeah, I love that. Uh, we try and do a, a couple of nights a week of just not having the phones and all that sort of stuff around us. I find it hard because the evenings is when I love chatting to my community. Right. Um, but what I've been able to do, therefore, is just make sure I have a tech-free hour or if I'm taking my son to a park, I leave the tech at home and we just go so I'm not you know, uh, tempted to just switch on uh, Facebook when the park starts boring me or, <laughs> yeah. you know, all those sorts of uh, parental challenges that we have. But, um, but yeah, I find the tech piece of um, being connected and what that does to our brains in terms of not being able to calm down, I'd say it's equal um, in, in its effect as uh, to, to what the actual blue light itself is doing. So that's sort of the perfect segue to really ask about blue light and how I know it affects melatonin production, but for people who haven't really looked at this before and really uh, need to get that information into our heads so we really understand the impact of this uh, light that's shining brightly in our in our faces all evening when we're supposed to be winding down how is it chemically doing it how what's actually happening to us during this exposure yeah right so first i think it's important to clarify what blue light is um because a lot of people hear blue light or blue blockers or, you know, blue light impacts your sleep and they look around and they think, well, there's no blue LEDs shining here or there's no, I don't have blue lights going on, so it's not a problem. But blue light, visible light is a spectrum. So if you imagine like a rainbow or like light coming, sunlight coming through a prism, obviously you get, you see all the different colors, you know, you see the violet, the blue, the green, the yellow, red and whatnot. Um, so there's a particular wavelength of light, which is blue light, which is 380 nanometers through to, uh, about 480, 500 nanometers in length. And, um, that light, that blue light spectrum is, is found in sunlight, it's found in white light, it's found in, you know, the, the backlight from your iPhone. So when I say blue light, I'm pretty much regarding, I'm talking about all light unless it is specific red light, for instance, or, you know, a green light. Now, in regards to its impact on melatonin, you're right, blue light does suppress melatonin. Uh, so melatonin is... I'm sure you know, is, is a sleep, sleep hormone. Um, it runs opposite to cortisol, which is your stress hormone, if I keep it really simple. Um, so when cortisol is high, melatonin is low. 
And so is this that, why when, let's say, for example, in my bartending years, and I can segue briefly for anyone who didn't know, I was one of the best female bartenders in the world at one point in my career, um, wow. <laughs> random. But when I yeah. was, I <laughs> nice. was pumping out, you know, 250 brilliant, gorgeous drinks a night on a Friday and Saturday with my team. And there is no way you can finish doing that at the speed with which you work, preparing up to 12 cocktails at the same time, each with five, six ingredients, you know, and the matrix going on in your mind while you're doing that. Is that why I wasn't able to just go home and go to bed straight after my shift? Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, there would have been a lot of variables at play, but you're right. Like, And this is why when I work with clients, one of the first things I do is fix their circadian rhythm um, because the circadian rhythm you know, controls controls everything. So circadian, sorry, circadian, circa means day, or sorry, about, and uh, dion means day. So circadian rhythm is like about a day. It's your cycle, right? It's your internal body clock. Um, and that broken clock disrupts hormone release, you know, um, biological processes such as, you know, body temperature, which should be higher in the daytime, lower at night, Um, appetite, for instance, ghrelin, leptin should be released, you know, during the day, not at night. So if you're waking up in the middle of the night with, you know, cravings, that means something's broken, right? So the most important thing when it comes, I believe, when it comes to health and obviously sleep is getting a steady, consistent circadian rhythm. So and that's where light comes in. So obviously the body, we can't just look at a clock and everything will be reset. Otherwise, um, jet lag wouldn't, wouldn't ever exist, oh, right? You get off, lovely. You know, how, how nice is that? So uh, the body operates on cues from its environment. And one of the biggest cues is light. So we literally have photoreceptors in the skin and obviously in the eye that pick up what light is, is in the environment, what light we're being exposed to, and then the body reacts accordingly and away goes your circadian rhythm. This is why when you do travel, there is a bit of a two or three day um, jet lag effect, but you eventually catch up and reset. And, um, you know, there are ways to improve that time or shorten that time as well, which I've got an article about. Um, you can link to it if you'd like to. Oh, but yes, please. Anyway, we'll um, pop it in the show notes. Okay, cool. Um, I'll send you the link. But yeah, pretty much like that light cycle, if the light cycle is broken or if there's a mismatch between what the body wants and expects and the environment you're living in, then you're going to have problems. And that's going back to your story about your bartending work. That's why you'd go home and it might be 3 a.m. in the morning where everyone else is asleep and you're, you're wired because literally half an hour ago, you're exposed to loud music, which is stimulating, um, bright flashing lights, you know, in the club or wherever you're working, plus the drive home, plus the, the lights in the hallway and all that. They're literally sending signals to the brain that it's middle of the day, like it's daytime. Um, and then worse, if you, get, if you get into bed and then you have your iPhone directly in front of your face, again, it's, it's, there's a saying, um, I forgot who, who said it, Jack Cruz, he said, uh, every time you're looking at your, your phone, you're sending a signal to the brain that it's daytime and all these devices we have are literally artificial suns. And he's, he's, he's correct. That is because- perfect. So just as a nugget of aha, every device that we have is an artificial sun when it comes to messages being sent to our brain. 100%. Yeah. And that's why... If you put your ancestral hat on and go back, I don't know, 200 years, 2,000 years, the, the light bulb was invented in the late 1800s. So prior to that, 
when the sun went down, we had candles and fire and maybe moonlight, which is not very bright at all. And that was it. Like there was no source of light other than fire, right? And fire, if you actually look at it, um, if you look at a, if you Google um, fire or sun um, wavelengths, you'll see some pretty cool graphs showing, you know, the breakdown of light spectrum and and various light sources. So, you know, um, fires, candles, incandescent light bulbs, fluorescent light bulbs. And you'll see with fire that it's predominantly red, orange light. And there's very, very little blue light in it. So again, taking that ancestral approach for eons, you know, we evolved or grew up or whatever uh, label you wanted to put on it. But we, we lived in this world where when the sun was up, we were getting full spectrum light, which included blue, included red, when, and, and we were awake. And when the sun went down, we didn't get much light at all. And if we did, it was red light. And that was when we slept and rested and recovered. You know, late 1800s, the light bulbs invented. That obviously changed the world. Uh, however, those incandescent light bulbs were, again, predominantly red orange light so it didn't have the biggest impact it wasn't until 20 30 years ago or maybe a little bit longer um when we had things like these energy efficient fluorescent light bulbs um halogen light bulbs now all of a sudden they're emitting a lot more blues and, and greens amongst other things um that are causing the stimulating effect and now worse today is incandescent light bulbs are actually banned here in australia um so you can't buy them and everyone has an artificial sun in their pocket, which is in front of their eyes, you know, so it's a, the change, I mean, people think this is all kind of a little bit woo-woo or like it's, you know, people get so caught up in training and diet and they'll see an article about life and how it impacts, you know, sleep and people won't even read it. What are you on about? I say it all the time with my clients. I literally have to just keep hammering in. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And eventually when they start seeing the changes, it's like, oh, okay, there is something to this. And it's like, well, of course there is. Absolutely. It's like with sugar. You know, I do a lot of talks and when I do those talks, I – explain to people there is nothing wrong with sugar. There's actually nothing wrong with having a little yummy whole food oriented biscuit or even a piece of cake every day if you wanted to. What's wrong is the fact that we're having carbs at every single meal that, you know, turn into sugar and then we're actually not just having that small piece of cake. We're having probably three because we can't help ourselves. We're probably having four cookies, not one. We're probably then having some chocolate after dinner and we're having a sweet something in the afternoon and we're actually having so much and there is no way you can say that our biochemistry would have caught up to this crazy increase where today we have the average eight-year-old having had as much sugar as someone had in their entire lives a century ago. So, you know, and it's the same with um, the blue light. I absolutely agree. So do we have to put all our devices down? I mean, everyone's out there sort of terrified that you're going to try and take Facebook away from them. Can you give us any good news and what can we do? I mean, when you're talking about sugar, right, it's it's a good um, analogy in a way because the dose – the toxins in the dose, right? You're you're 100% right. You can have a little bit of sugar and you'll be fine. It's when you're having it all the time that causes problems or when you're having it. And also with sugar as well, like, you know, a couple hundred years ago, you couldn't get table sugar like we have today. Um, So if you apply that to light as well, like natural sources of light, you know, fire, 
sunlight, you're, you're fine. But it's when we bring in these artificial sources, like effectively processed sources, if you if you want to apply it to the sugar story, um, that's when things start going wrong. So, I mean, yes, the ideal uh, answer or the ideal scenario would be to switch off completely and go live in the bush or on an island. And in fact, there's been studies done where people, the sleep participant or the, the study participants went camping for a week and they found within a week with no technology that their sleep and everything improved, like their skating biology improved, their hormonal function throughout the day improved, you know, and they weren't taking any fancy Chinese herbal <laughs> supplements. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah, that is the, the, uh, obviously the the grand way yeah, to do exactly. that. Exactly. And but I think the modern the modern challenge is finding a way to incorporate nature back in exactly. in a significant way while still yep. feeling you can operate beautifully within a city and have a great life with all your friends. You know, and I think mindfulness is key. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously no one's gonna do Exactly that. They might do it for a week here and there, which is great. Um, you might do a crazy experiment like I did. Great. But not many people are going to do it every day. Uh, so fortunately, there are um, hacks, I guess you could call them, or techniques you can use to um, mitigate the um, impact of blue light. So we know that red light doesn't suppress melatonin. It's only blue light. Green light has a bit of an impact, but not as much as, as blue. Um so knowing that, uh, and by the way, there was a study done where they looked at uh, caffeine and the impact of caffeine on sleep. And everyone knows, you know, you wouldn't have a coffee right before bed if you were trying to get to sleep. And it was a double espresso and they found that it was delaying uh, melatonin production by 45 minutes, right? So 200 milligrams of caffeine. And then they looked at exposure to bright br- br- uh, bright blue light, it's a tongue twister, and um at the same time, you know, for an hour or two before bed, and it had a uh, eighty-five minute delay on melatonin production. So it was twice twice <laughs> as powerful as as the caffeine. And again, no one would take caffeine right before bed, but we'll happily sit behind our computer. So what do you do? All right, well, again, we just need to block out the blue light. Hence these articles, you know, blue blockers, blue light. Um, you'll see everywhere. Um, blue light filters. Anyone that's using an iPhone that's updated to the the latest um, iOS software, we'll see the night shift mode, yes, which done this for me on my filter. phone, and I love it. Yep. It really does make a difference because I really like reading a good big nerdy New York Times article um, or an op-ed or something really kind of boring, basically to put me to sleep. Yeah. Um, and now that I've got my red light screen, I, I really find that I cannot get halfway through the article, and I find yep. that so interesting because I used to be able to read it and then go on to reading something else because I wasn't tired yet. And I, I've said this to a couple of friends in my realisation of my own sleep, um, shall we say, shortcomings and challenges, yeah. uh, that I'm a, in inverted commas, night owl. But actually, yeah. I think I'm a blue light owl and that's <laughs> why I have absolutely no problem uh, staying up till one in the morning. But, you know, that's yeah. fine if you're pushing a deadline, you know, once a month or whatever, which is what I'm more like now. But uh, yeah. there was a time when I was doing it all too frequently and that can really stuff you around. So, mm. Yeah, you're right. We adapt to our environments, right? We adapt to the world we live in. If you're eating a ton of sugar 
all day, every day, you're telling the body that summer's nearly over, we're coming into a long winter, store as much fat as possible, right? Um, it's the same with light. If you're exposing yourself to a lot of bright light at right before bed every single night, yeah, you're telling the body that the days are long, it's summertime, um, we should still be awake because the only natural source of blue light is going to be from the sun. So even though it's 1 a.m. in the morning, you know what I mean? So yeah, you do adapt. Um, whether that's good for long-term health, I, I don't know. I don't think so. But uh, yeah, there's definitely ways to, um, to have the best of both worlds. And so obviously, anyone with an iPhone, you should be installing the night shift. I think it's called night shift feature straight away because um, that's an easy one, right? It's free. You don't have to do anything. And you probably don't even notice it like, because it slowly comes on but otherwise um you can do it's the eye that's the most sensitive so you want to block the light coming into the eye um so even though the phone might have a filter your tv might not or your your laptop though there is a software called flux uh i think it's get flux.com f-l-u-x.com and that works the same way as night shift mode um so you can store that on your computer but again, what about like the fridge light? What about when you go to the bathroom, you turn the white bright light LED on and every time you're doing that again, you're getting that dose of, of blue light. So the best thing to do, and um, this is what I have all my clients do and, and I've been doing it for years, is to wear the blue blocking glasses because in that way you can be in a brightly lit artificial light environment but at least that light's not getting into the eye so which my husband yeah. and I now feel like we're in a sci-fi movie together <laughs> <laughs> but it works it totally it works, works right. it really really does I find especially um uh you know just doing the light switching off at night you know where we might have been in um the main part of the house um, and then my son's left a light on somewhere and going back into that super bright light when you're not wearing the glasses, yeah. all, all of a sudden I find that mega, like, confronting. You feel yeah. it, right? You're like, whoa, whoa, yeah. no, it's yeah. not daytime. So, whereas before it's... I would just never have even thought about it. It's, it's, it is that powerful. We're the same. Like I have, um, obviously I have my blue blockers on and I actually have red led night lights, which you could use, you know, as a reading lamp or as a night light. If you get up during the night to look after your kids or you go to the bathroom. Um, so I have them on our house and we've got blackout curtains and, um, you know, our, our, as soon as the sun goes down, our, my house, my apartment is, is pretty dark, but my girlfriend comes home about an hour or two after me. I, I work from home. So Sometimes I'll meet her at the door and, of course, like the hallway is, you know, fluorescent lights, white lights. And uh, I might not have my glasses on because obviously yeah, our just come environment's in. so dark mm. anyway, right? And, um, yeah, like I greet her at the door, open the door for her and you, you see that white light and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> and it's, it is powerful. So, yeah, I mean the, the takeaways are simple. Like you make, your, you make your environment as dark as possible and – if that's just simply turning off the overhead lights and just using the, you know, the bedside light and a reading light, that's great. Um, Himalayan rock salt lamps, they're perfect. We actually use them uh, in my apartment because it's a low wattage incandescent light bulb. So straight away, you've got low blue light exposure from that light bulb. But then it's inside a, you know, pink orange kind of rock lamp so again that's acting like as a filter as such and it puts out like a nice orange glow in the um in the room so we we use that 
um, you know, when we're eating for dinner. Otherwise, you could use candles, but they can get a bit messy. Um, and then the glasses. Glasses is a big one. And uh, then you can still watch your TV and watch a movie and, and know that you'll probably still sleep pretty well that night. That's fantastic. So I would add everybody out there, should we issue a group challenge? I'm thinking if everybody just works for this next week to assess all the lights that you've got on of an evening time and either start to consciously switch more and more of them off or get lower wattages or red lights or salt lamps um, and we'll have a whole bunch of links for you in the show notes obviously to help um, with sourcing but start to then um, at least get that night shift what is it called the night shift um, on your phone uh, yeah I think it's yeah, I think it shift. is. Yeah. And uh, and then also think about getting some blue blocker um, glasses and just see, like, is it not worth it? You know, everybody always complains about not getting good quality sleep. And actually, when we caught up um, to first sort of start talking about um, sleep together, you had mentioned you'd done an experiment where it wasn't even just about the light in your room, but you felt that your brain could tell there was a light on somewhere in the house. Can can you remind me what you said there? Because I was so shocked by that. Okay, it wasn't actually me. It was a it was a study. Oh, it was a study. Experiment. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess adds more credibility rather than <laughs> rather than me, me, me telling another story, right? Um, yeah. Okay. So, what was the study? <laughs> so the study they um, had subjects or participants um, in a dark room, pitch black, so there was no light, light leakage, no light bulbs or anything like that. And they put a little electro, oh, not electrode, a little LED, a little source of light, uh, and they taped it to the back of the subject's knees. And then they ran a wire to the wall, and uh, the researcher was controlling whether the light was on or off. And so the, the sleep participants obviously had no idea. It was all taped up. They didn't know if the light was on. They didn't know if the light was off. And they would have had to peel it off, obviously. That would have disqualified them in the test. And then they slept. And the, the sleep researchers measured their um, melatonin secretion throughout the night. And they found that so some of the participants had the light on and some of them it was, it was switched off. But again, the participant didn't know and they found that those who um were exposed to this light and it was the size of a you know, 50 cent coin or less than 20 cent coin on the back of your knee um had lower melatonin secretion during the night so that's i'm not quite a pinprick but it's a, a thumb size source of light on your skin so it's not your eyes it's on your skin and that had an impact on the body in terms of melatonin and again like melatonin obviously sleep sleep hormone but melatonin is probably one of the most powerful antioxidants in the body um you know people spend all this money on you know vitamin e vitamin c and all these things and they're only getting four or five hours sleep a night it's like you know sleep an extra hour or two or turn the lights off and you're getting the most powerful kind of release of um powerful source natural source of, of antioxidants in the body so um yeah like like that's huge. I mean, you obviously, if you're focused on your sleep, you you want to be reducing the blue light. You want to reduce it before your bed. But now, all of a sudden, you want to look at the light source in your bedroom and also what your skin is exposed to. Um, there's photoreceptors in the skin. 
again, it's not as intense or as um, extreme as the light hitting the eye, but it does have an impact. So, wow, yeah, amazing. Uh, hence why I'm a ner- considered a nerd. Yeah, uh, when and it rightly, comes to so. Stuff. rightly so. Rightly mm. uh, so. I I just think you know I think of families who've got the little one who's afraid of the dark, so they leave a big hall light on, and what that's doing possibly to affect everybody's sleep in terms of not waking up refreshed and you know for that sort of a situation would you just recommend replacing it with a red light yeah yeah okay cool so yes. so we can still see ish if the little one wakes yeah. up but it's not as um strenuous a light that kind of sets off a whole bunch of triggers for us yeah 100 percent. we have um we have them in our bathroom um so if we get up during the night you know there's enough light um that'd be perfect my girlfriend's a nanny and i know um she has taken a few of the red night lights to um, families she works oh, with. Oh, brilliant! Um, but I like again. It's you know, it's it's. I've been doing this for years, and I am very passionate about health. And so, some people might consider what I do very extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not. It's the same with my clients. I don't expect everyone to sign up and then the next day live the way I live, do what I do, because that's this has been three, four years longer, ten, ten years to get here. So even the small things. I mean, if you're just addressing the light before bed great or if you get up in the night and you put your blue blockers on great um you touched on it before just change the light bulbs get something that's not as white you know get more of a natural kind of warmer orange glow that's it's um it's all going to help right absolutely and i think just as with anything rather than feel like a massive failure for everything you didn't do or everything you didn't know just Get excited about going down to the shops and getting a red light, you know. <laughs> just yeah, just yeah. get excited about changing <laughs> stuff instead of feeling bad about what you're currently not doing. And I think it's there's always something all of us can do that's that next little step forward and you just got to yeah. treat it at your pace, something you're comfortable yeah. with and treat it with curiosity instead of trepidation. I think that's a really important um, way to view change as well. So great. Well, yeah. thank you so much for... For talking sleep, I might just get you to finish with, with like your favorite, like what you think the absolute most effective thing in your getting better sleep journey has been for you. The one thing that has been the biggest change. So everyone's probably expecting me to say light, um, <laughs> but to be honest, like the first before I was even aware of all this the impact light had the biggest thing I did with my sleep was uh, set a bedtime and build a routine around that bedtime and I followed that um, I think it was three or four months like I didn't miss a bedtime I think it was 10 o'clock at night uh, I had to be in bed and 10.30 my lights had to be off so that gave me half an hour to meditate or think or write notes or read whatever and um, yeah I just I just because I'd get home and then muck around and then all of a sudden it's midnight, one o'clock and you're like, oh. So I I actually think that had the most profound change impact on my sleep. Um, Get a routine like the bubs. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and that's that's easy to do. Um, Obviously, if you can't do that because of work or family or whatever, then wear wear the glasses and um, you know work on the routine at a later date. But yeah, that was probably the most profound. impact on my sleep awesome well thank you so much for your time and for joining us today and we'll have all those show notes up um, as you'll hear in the outro so please make the most of those links and offers and i will speak to you real soon alex because i think in a couple of months we're scheduled to talk exercise which i'm really excited about too yeah i look forward to it you then bye 
Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of the Low Tox Life podcast. I would love for you to check out the show notes as well, and you can find those at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. Now, if there's anything that inspired you from today's episode, I would so love to hear and have you share that maybe online. Use the Lotox Life hashtag and I can be found on Twitter or Instagram at A-L-E-X-X underscore Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Now, if you liked what you heard today and you want to join us again next time, subscribing is a great way to be notified of a new episode. So hit subscribe and I look forward to welcoming you next time. Bye for now. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.